Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John. We finish up chapter 6 this morning. This is that sermon on the bread of life. John chapter 6, verse 60 to 69. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend from where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father, by my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. As we finish up John chapter 6 this morning, it should be clear to us now that there are really three groups of people that are forming that we see here. First, we see are the obvious twelve the 12 apostles. This is a definite group. There are 12 of them, and they are Christ's closest followers, although we do know that one will later betray Christ. But now we see the rest of the crowd split up into two groups. There are members of the crowd that, that follow Christ, and there are those members of the crowd that become antagonistic and hostile towards Christ. And if you remember from uh, the past couple weeks, our scripture was, uh, uh, in John chapter 6, was the feeding of the 5,000, and then the sermon on the bread of life. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I came from heaven, and I'm going back there. And this is where the believers and the unbelievers start to separate. No doubt when Jesus said this, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, I came from heaven and I'm going back there, no doubt this was extremely difficult for the crowd to comprehend. And this is where the individual's belief comes into play. If the people could not believe that Christ came from heaven and will return to heaven, then how would they be able to understand or comprehend the stuff, the things that are going to happen next. Other topics, like Jesus' sacrificial and substitutionary death. How are they going to understand his resurrection? How are they going to understand his ascension to heaven? How are they going to understand the sending of the Holy Spirit? So if it bothers the crowd that Jesus said he was the bread of life, then they're never going to believe what comes next? 
And that's what we read. That's what our scripture starts off today. The people in the crowd admitted saying, this is a difficult statement to listen to. This is tough to believe. Now, Jesus saw the crowd was not believing in him, believing what he said. He knew they were grumbling among themselves, as we talked about last week. And we know that Jesus, at this point in time, many people believed that he was a great teacher, and he was. Many people believed he was a great prophet, and he was. Not many believed he was the Messiah. Not many believed who that he was who he said he was. But he was a great teacher, and they followed him. And at this point, as the crowd started to turn away, the crowd didn't understand what he was talking about. Many teachers would slow down a little bit, kind of backtrack a little bit, maybe soften the message a little bit, maybe even change the methods that they were using to convey the message a little bit, to get the crowd back together again, to get everyone in tune with the teaching, to get everyone up to speed. But that's not what Jesus did. See, Jesus knew their hearts. He knew their hearts were hardened. And he knew that they did not believe, and they would not believe, even if he did slow down. They wouldn't believe in him as the Son of God. They wouldn't believe in him as the Messiah. These people that were following him were false followers. They were not true disciples. They were simply attracted to Jesus because of his physical healings and his material blessings, his feeding of the people. Sure, they enjoyed listening to him teach. They enjoyed his teachings. They enjoyed his stories up to a certain point. But now, when Christ made it clear that he was equating himself with not only the Son of God, but God himself, their hearts were made known. And they failed to understand the significance of who Jesus was. Jesus was on a heavenly timetable. He was following that heavenly schedule. And he would not compromise it. He knew what he had to do. So he just simply, one more time, he summarizes his teachings and moves on. He calls the people from their fleshly ways and their fleshly thinking to spiritual ways and spiritual thinking. He calls the people to faith by challenging their unbelief. And he reminds the crowd of God's presence in their life. And he says, only God can open your eyes. Only God can open your hearts to see him and to see his ways. As a result of this, many people in the crowd, many of the so-called followers, left. They went back to their old ways. They went back to their old habits. They went back to their old jobs and so on. Not only did they give up on following Jesus, but they gave up on Jesus himself. They gave up on what he represents and what he teaches. They were not true disciples. They were not true followers. They did not believe. Now, I figure that I've preached close to a hundred sermons over the past couple of years. 
And as a result of my preaching, I'm not aware of anyone actually walking away from Christ because of the message that they heard. Maybe I'm doing something wrong because we see here Jesus preaching to literally thousands of people, giving him the true message. And by the end of the day, most of them turned away. Most of them were not true followers. I'm not sure if you would consider this the most successful message of Christ or the most unsuccessful that Christ ever preached. But it definitely separated the believers from the non-believers. And this is really, as I, as I said before, this is really, we're getting to the turning point in Jesus' ministry. We're into his third year now, and we're at the turning point. Jesus starts to reveal more and more about himself and about what he must do, and about what must come. But he does so from a public ministry to a more private ministry with his twelve apostles. And that's what we see Jesus ask the twelve. He says, you don't want to go away also, do you? And Peter answers, Lord, to who shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Right there in that brief statement, we see the key to true discipleship. Right there. Many people just skip over this because this is Peter talking and sometimes Peter just talks as we read about him. And he likes to jump out and just open his mouth. So many people just skip over this and don't even realize the significance of this verse. We see two things in it that really make a true disciple. Faith. Peter says, Lord, we believe. Peter's saying, we are sure of who you are and we believe it. We know who you are and we believe it. And the other thing Peter is talking about is faithfulness. Where would we go? Peter says. Not only do I believe in you, not only do we believe you, but we're going to stay with you. We're going to be where you at, where you're at. I want to follow you. And Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples truly. In other words, faith is the birth of true discipleship. And faithfulness is the character of the true Disciple. The true disciple has faith and is faithful. And so Peter says in this little statement the whole meaning of the Christian life the faith and faithfulness. Just being aware of who Christ is and being aware of his presence in your life every day. Peter always wanted to be where Jesus was. He couldn't stand to be away from him. As we, as we talked about a few weeks ago, Peter walking on water. They saw Christ come forward uh, walking on the water and Peter wanted to be out there right next to him. And this is illustrated so many times throughout the Gospel. Peter wanted to be with Christ. He says, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. You're not going to get rid of me. I'm going to, going to follow you wherever you go. And that's the kind of Christian life 
that a true disciple has. Just constantly practicing and being in the presence of Jesus Christ. Knowing that He's right there beside you. Saying, Lord, share my life. Share my trials. Share my joys. Share my decisions. Share my temptations. You are right there with me. That's discipleship. Having faith and being faithful. Now Peter and the twelve probably didn't fully understand everything which Jesus was teaching, but they got the main point correct. And that is life comes through Christ. And that's the question for us this morning. Do you know where life, eternal life, abundant life, comes from? And not just know it, but believe it. Are you faith? Do you have faith? And are you faithful as a disciple of Jesus Christ? As we follow Christ and grow in our faith, we too may be tempted to turn away because of situations that occur that are difficult to understand or difficult to obey. Some people, like the majority of the people in the crowd, will just simply give up and walk away. Other people will will pretend. Other people will even read the Bible. But some of the stuff they say, oh, this just doesn't sound right. This, I don't agree with this, what the Bible says here. I don't agree with that. So they skip over it. But the true disciple faces those same questions. Say, this is hard to understand. So they pray, Lord, guide me. Open my eyes. Open my heart so that I may see. Show me what the Scripture means. Show me how I can apply it into my life. Give me the strength and the courage to act on your truth every day and in all situations. And that's the question for us. What about us? What do we do? I agree with Peter, there is no other way. Jesus alone is the only way to heaven and eternal life. Either you accept it or you don't. There is no in-between. 1 John chapter 5.20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. We know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Will you ask God to help you with the difficult truths of His Word and help you to live it, to to have faith, and to be faithful? Let us close with a word of prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for our time and Your Word this morning once again. Help us to be true and faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And help us to realize and enjoy the bread of life that has been given for us. Help us to be discerning of those around us so we are not led down the path of the crowd, the way of destruction. Take our lives and lead us to eternal life. 
It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray and give thanks. Amen.